dancing on the beat, that's my forte. Making sure we all eat, that's my forte. Never took a hell, don't give a fuck what the score say. Yo, we'll be winning all year, that's the forte. Yeah, that's the forte. That's the forte. Yo, we'll be winning all year, that's the forte. Yeah, that's the forte. Check the forte. Yo, we'll be winning all year, that's the forte. Hey, what's good, everyone? You're listening to the We The Culture podcast presented by Forte Culture. Once again, I'm G. Got my co-host, Jay Sinatra. Yo, yo. And today, I'm excited to announce our special guest with us today. He's uh, one-seventh of Ninth Wonders uh, Soul Council. He's uh, produced acts such as Ludacris, Talib Kweli. Uh, he's produced, of course, for Smith & Wesson. Of course, the whole Jamla squad. Uh, he's go by the names of E. Jones in the building. How you doing today, brother? Doing good, man. How y'all guys doing today? Thank you for having me, by the way. Oh, man. We, oh, man hey, thank you. Yeah, thank you, man. Like, I know you, you like, you, you know, you just came off the plane, you know, so I know you. <laughs> A little bit of jet lag. <laughs> y'all good, man. It's been a crazy morning, but we, we, we here, though. All right, man. Yeah, we definitely, again, we definitely appreciate it, man. Um, yeah, we just wanted to get some time to talk to you. I mean, you're definitely one of the up-and-coming producers. Uh, I've been, actually been following you for a little while because uh, for myself, uh, I can say, Back in the day, you know, when we had CDs, <laughs> you know, used to, used to read the, the pamphlets and I used to always read the production credits. And I remember coming across your name on the Talib Kweli uh, air drum album, if I'm not, if I'm not, am, am I correct? Yep. That was my first major placement ever. Wow. So, nice. Nice. So, uh, yeah, tell us a little about yourself, uh, where you're from and, you know, what, uh, what you're doing now in North Carolina. I'm originally from uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey. Um, I came down to North Carolina to actually play basketball for North Carolina Central University. Um, that didn't pan out. And um, so what we did was I was always into music. Um, one of my homeboys at the time was uh, was working under Swiss Beats. And when I went home for fall break, um, pretty much he had like an NPC. That was my first introduction to like the NPC and just beat making in general. Um, I always knew how to play the piano. I taught myself how to play the piano um, when I was like super young. Um, parents always buy me like pianos for Christmas and stuff like that. So I was just listening to listening to CDs in the room and like like try to replay everything by ear. Uh, but once I came home from uh, from fall break and I saw the NPC, I started messing around with it, man. I was like, yeah, this is. The route we want to go. So I made like six or seven beats that fall break, and then um, when I got back to school. Someone introduced me to Fruity Loops. I used that for about like a month or two, All right. and then um, someone introduced me to Reason, and I've been on Reason since. Oh, dope. So do you ever touch Pro Tools at all? Or are you just strictly on Reason? Um, Pro Tools is usually like once they're time to dump everything in there and record. But as far as working out of Pro Tools, um, nah. I've seen someone actually do that before, like way back in the day. Like I had some homeboys back at the crib that used to like, um, you know, record their MIDI and everything like that into into Pro Tools, and I thought that was crazy at, at that point because it was just one of those things i've never like really gotten into beat making like that and that was my introduction to everything right so i'm gonna have a play studio in a basement and you know keyboards and guitars and stuff and they just like hit record on pro tools i'm like this is nuts but 
No, nah, I found that, you know, you can use pretty much any program and, and come up with some dope stuff. So it doesn't have to be top of the line. I mean, I know that's just like the industry standard Pro Tools, but I found that people, like you said, use uh, Fruity Loops and Reason and all types of different programs, and they still get yeah. dope quality stuff. It'll make beats, but I guess like the industry standard to record vocals would be. Yeah. Right. Nice, nice. So coming from we're actually from New York ourselves. I'm from Jamaica, Queens, uh, Jason, upstate, upstate Syracuse, Syracuse, Syracuse. you know, he's from upstate. <laughs> so he, he kind of gets a little flack, not really being from like the city. But, you know, um, so they try to play me. So I <laughs> go, man, don't even worry about it. man. <laughs> so um, for you, what kind of music did you listen to growing up? You know, for what were your influences? Um, I mean, I grew up in a church from PK. So, OK. Uh, it's a lot of gospel music, and then um, I used to do the uh, Columbia House. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. it. So, like, I used to grab everything. Um, also, um, when my grandfather passed when I was young, I, we moved to uh, we moved to Sicklerville, New Jersey, which is down by Camden, and and my grandmother used to like buy stuff from QVC all the time. She bought like a like an anthology like of like sixties to the nineties music or eighties. I think it's not the eighties. Right. But it just had a whole bunch of like different music, like doo wop and all that stuff like that, jazz. So I listened to every single thing growing up. But like as far as like influences when uh pertaining to beat making, uh Bad Boy Hitman, um D dot um Oh, little man, and then um, Pete Preen, um, Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis, um, and that's just mainly for me. Listen to a lot of R&B and like just playing playing keys and stuff like that. The first song that I think I uh, learned how to play on the piano by ear was again by Janet Jackson. Oh, wow. and, mm-hmm. So that's one of those things where. I listen to a lot of Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis, like pertaining, pertaining to just instrumentation and production. So yeah. Okay. Nice. So, if you can, like, what's your process with uh, making beats and just crafting, like, the sound? Mainly, it's a melody first. On some chopping samples, um, I try to find a sample. Um, main key when doing that is, um, I was taught a long time ago to like always chopping a hi hat. Um, because you can just get the most out of any sample if you do. Like you can speed it up without changing the tempo. Um, you can slow it down if you want to. Um, but as far as that, it's mainly just looking for a good, a good um, not chop too much, just to interrupt it too much. But then you know, I use a lot of thumb loops. But if not, then by this time. I've accumulated so many drums from people that um, or websites. So it's so it's melody first, then the drums, and then from there, if there's anything that I can put over it, just like instrumentation, key wise, then that's that's how I go. So it's sample drums, then keys. All right. And when you're picking your samples, is there any method behind that? Because uh, listening to some of your your projects, like uh, your music never stops uh, project, came out a few years back. I noticed uh, you kind of have like you, like on that particular project, you had a few different themes I came across. For example, you had a, uh, you had the, uh, Phil Collins joint, the uh, feel it in the air tonight. But I noticed you also doing that Daniel Bryan a yes chant, 
in there too. So are you into wrestling as well, by the way, or because you know you had a few Daniel Bryan references in that, on that project. Well, it was like right. It was the same joint as just right after. So, so it was a it was a original joint, but <clears throat> it had the pump up the jam vocals in it. Um, so it was a. Uh, it was just one of those things where I just needed something at that moment. Oh, okay. Being <laughs> <laughs> wrestling when I was little, but nah, not anymore. Oh, okay. I can't even tell you who was the who was the live person in in wrestling. At don't the don't feel bad, brother. Uh, I'm the sad. same way right well, now. Sad I to say, I guess I'm the odd one here. I'm the only one still. I'm, I'm <laughs> you're the only one. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that though. <laughs> yeah, but so like I when come for the rock. So. Oh wow! Oh yeah, it's man, going back. Man. Stone cold days, man. <laughs> yeah. So like uh, when you're picking these samples, do you have like a method, or is there like a a certain like time frame of music that you look for for samples, or is this something that you just come across that say, hey, you know, that might sound good if I chop it up or something? Or um, when I first started looking um, for samples, usually from early mid seventies, but then. Uh, lately, like I guess for like the past couple of years, it's just been like if it sounds good, then sample it. Right. So, if this if something comes out tomorrow and there's a melody in it, <laughs> I'll go ahead and sample that. Yeah. It's mainly just dope chords that I look for, or dope vocals that would be dope just chopped up. Right. Yeah. Nice. I mean, there's definitely some samples I caught on that on that project that really caught me off guard. I was like, well, I was not expecting that. Like the. Uh, the remodeling chairs uh, yeah. uh, track, the, the chairs uh, uh, sample. I was yeah, like, that, I, I never heard anyone flip it like that before, though. That's the crazy part. Like, that's not something someone would think about, you know? Right. I made that beat pre jam with. So we were, um, we had a studio at North Carolina Central University. And Ninth was teaching, I was one of, actually one of Ninth students in his class. And then we, We'll just go to the studio after after school. I mean, after after his class, we all walk over there together. He be in room, one room, I'll be in the other room. <clears throat> and um, I was just one of those joints, man, where his eyes just listen to it, and it's like, why not just just try it? I've never heard anyone flip it. Let's right. just let's just try it. And yeah, that was like back in like 2007. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta think outside the box. Right. Yeah. Indeed, like my honestly, my um my official introduction to you was uh the Dead Stocks, Dead Stock Volume One and uh, Volume Two. I would definitely say out of those two, Volume Two kind of spoke to me a little bit more. I, I definitely vibe with that one a lot more. Um, yeah, a lot too. of clean, crisp instrumentals on there. Um, the sampling was great as well too. Uh, just the melodies, like I said, it had that real soulful vibe to it, and I was just really enjoying it because like I said un- until that particular project or those two particular projects your name was familiar but i wasn't following what you were doing in a sense but once g told me like who you was and who you was um aligned with and stuff like that so i definitely went back and listened i'm like man i was blown away by your stuff like it's amazing appreciate it man yeah, volume two is definitely my best work to date that everyone is like that was like kind of that was really like my coming out party really. um, yeah i could hear it so it was one of those things where I, I, let's see, I would, 
person I can thank for that is Spice Adams. Oh yeah, I was about to mention that. Yeah, because Spice Adams, he uh, he he started doing that the the, the Quiet Storm joint. Yeah. In his videos. <laughs> right. So when we came to the studio, uh, came to the studio last year, and this is like early, like early January, February, I believe. And we were he came to like just kick it with knife, and before he left the next day to uh, catch the spot, he came back to the studio. And I was just in there just playing beats. And then that's when he got on his live and like I was just playing stuff. He'll be acting it out, <laughs> dancing super hard. And then um, so when I told him that I was doing um, a beat tape, he's like, man, just send it to me. So I sent it to him. I sent it to him first before it even came out. He was right. like, man, hey, I mean, I was like, I got so many videos like to use all these joints. Ah, <laughs> oh, man, it's about to be crazy. And then, <laughs> So he'll be sending me stuff before he actually sends it out. He got Jerry curls on. <laughs> this dude is wild, but man, Spice is Spice is a good dude, man. Yeah, he he's certainly like one of my brothers. He's like really a down to earth dude, man. Um, and he, that's him twenty four seven too. Oh yeah, like, it looks like it. Yeah, he he has a good spirit about him that you know. Right. Yeah. So. But, he used the Quiet Storm joint and the uh, the Fourth of July one when he's like at the firecracker. That's what. <laughs> yeah. Everyone started retweeting and reposting it, like, and that was that was that was it for me. All right. Wow. So if we can go back this a little bit, um, run, I know you mentioned so you're from Jersey, of course. You came out to North Carolina for basketball. Unfortunately, um, that didn't you know, work pan out the way you wanted. But then you you know starting into music. What's the timeline? How did you end up coming across meeting Ninth, and how did that come about joining the Soul Council? <clears throat> well, I met Ninth. Let's see. When I was, once I started making beats, I was in beat battles all across uh, like the city, um, and then from there, I was in a beat battle at, at North Carolina Central. He's one of the judges for. Um, I didn't win. I think I came in like second place. Uh, it's due to like one of those things where it was like crowd participation at one time, right? Or you know, judging. I hate that type of because <laughs> everyone just brings their like their their boys and girls and like all a people, and it's like even if you got white beats, you gonna win because you got all your people there. Which, so. right. Yeah, it's one sided at that point. Exactly. So um, after that, I was uh, invited to. The Chop Shop, which was like the recording uh, studio for Little Brother at the time. Um, I started brother, man. working with Sean Dawn and um, what was his other uh, cat? Um, with Sean Dawn and another cat, and then from there, um, I was uh, working with Darian Brockington, and I ended up working doing half of Darian Brockington's. Uh, first album, first arm, um, first project, Somebody to Love, or second project. And that's when me and Nice are working together because he was on the project as well. So I met him at the Chop Shop like way before we started jamming. And then he started teaching at Central. I started taking his class. And then from there we started, I started actually uh, replaying samples on Knife's beats at uh, before jam as well. And that's how we actually got close because I did the uh, I replayed the sample for uh, the joint he did for Ludacris and Common do the right thing. Right. So I replayed the sample for that, and then we just did a couple other things, and then he started jamming. 
right after, like shortly after. So that's how me and Knife got uh, got close, man. So yeah, it's like my big brother now. Yeah, that whole Jamo squad, man. You guys really are a tight knit family. Like you know that. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. It's just one of those things. We've been together for so many years, man. Yeah. And we definitely became like, you know, we became family. We know each other's mothers. Um, yeah. It's just one of those things, man, where it's like we do anything for each other. Right. And that's what makes it dope when you guys do the music because everything's organic. You know, so it's like you got the family roots and it just makes it easier to get together and just do some music. Yeah, it's not forced. It's not like you're coming together. You guys got a job to do it and you got to disperse after that. You don't mess with each other until it's time to come back together. Like you said, like he has that that family vibe, you know, like that's that's dope. Yeah. And that whole squad, man, like, you know, me and Jay have talked about it before. But man, look, you guys got a problem, boy. Like. Ruben Vincent, I'm I'm yeah. really waiting for his project to come out next. Yeah, he's uh, been talking highly of Ruben uh, Vincent, man. He's been talking highly of him. Yeah, he's been uh, he's been too talking for a minute. He got probably like all <laughs> man, but he's like he'll come up there for like spring break or any type of break he can get. Like he'll just jump on the train and he'll come up here, stay in the studio, and he'll just be recorded, man. So he definitely will be coming soon. Um, Got a couple of projects in front of that. Can't say at the moment, but right, that's <laughs> all good. It's all good. It's all good. I mean, like, like we, I, like the the last couple of projects that's come out. This most recently, the uh, Smith and Wesson joint, man. Yeah, that 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 joint is hard. Yeah, it is, like, man. From open to close, man, it was crazy. Yeah, and you did the intro on that project, I believe, right? Yep, I did the intro on that joint. Dope. And um, of course, the John Lester Squad Volume Two. Yep, heard that, that one. album. I need Heather Victoria to come up with something <laughs> soon too, man. I can't. I'm I'm just sitting on that that uh, uh Paris. What's that, what's that joint? Um, uh, what's that single she has? That that's it's actually on that album. Um, Japan. Oh my gosh, man. I'm I'm just still sitting on that one. I need something else. <laughs> yeah, we got it coming, man. It's you know, it's I can say that's in the process of being mixed at the moment. So we. That's one of those things where you just gotta be patient with that one. Right. She's definitely, she's got a lot of music. This is one of those things where we just, you know, making sure is we we get that right for y'all. So visuals and all that stuff like that could all you know be set to go, ready to go. So. All right. Yeah, and and now uh, we were talking about the dead stocks. Uh, my personal, I actually prefer volume one. Is one of my favorites. Um, I think it's probably because I I. I uh, relate more to a lot of the samples you have on that one. So, like on that one, you had uh, I noticed you had a few samples. You had the John B. Um, I do sample on there. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Music Soul Child. You've got the Mint Condition. You see me swinging. Mm-hmm. Like I think of, to me, I connect with a lot of those. You know, '90s. You know, we're, we're yeah, '80s 90s, baby. We grew up in '90s yeah. music. So for me, I connect with that instantly once I heard it. Um, and I, with the Deadstock theme. Of course, I, I, I can one can only assume you're a sneakerhead like us here. Yes, very much so. Well, <laughs> yesterday, man. So. Oh, what you got? What you got? I got the uh, the Anthony Davis uh, Air Force Maxes. Nice. Okay. I just got to grab those. Like, real multicolor. So the story about those, I was at um, Nike Nike Academy. This uh, hoodie that I got on, if y'all can see. Okay. It's out of country academy, and it was just like a week, a week or weekend in LA, where like the top college and high school uh, kids pretty much um, get invited to the Nike Academy, and um, 
a thousand oaks and you know they get coached and you know taught they go see lebron or like they'll work out with like lebron or kobe or paul george and stuff like that so it's just a weekend of like just learning and getting like learning the ways of like you know the pros and stuff like if Rand came in there and ran with them at one point and or they'll be coached by like gary payton and you know rashid wallace so that weekend anthony davis came in and you know he didn't play, but it was just one of those things where he's just you know showing his face. And I guess there's a lot of Nike sneaker reps going around. So I guess his actual rep came in with that actual shoe. So that's the first time I saw it last summer, and I'm like, yo, what is that? Like she just pulled out, <laughs> she pulled out the bag to present it to him. Like, like you know, this is your new shoe. I'm looking like I'm not supposed to be looking at this right now. <laughs> so I'm like, yo, if those come out, this is. Yeah, I gotta have those. And luckily, I forgot when they came out, but I just happened to be cruising through the mall the other day, and I saw them on the shelf. I'm like, yeah, I'm kidding. I'm grabbing. Oh, uh, that's an instant cop. Yeah, instant. Yeah. <laughs> what, what's your, like, what do your, would you have any preferences as far as any uh, particular like shoe or silhouettes of yours that you like the most? Jordan One Man is my favorite shoe. Thank all you. Time. That's a classic. Yeah, everyone's Thank like, yeah, you, that's that's bro. definitely yeah. Yes, sir. That's the one. The one and the three, man. They always get me them too. One, um, and then after a while, man, like we had like a sneaker chat, and just me and Knives just realized that. Excuse me, me and not me and Knives just realized that it's like, man, wearing these tough leather shoes all these time, man. Like you start wearing out your feet, like your feet get washed, man. So like. <laughs> I'm really on Air Maxes now. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that's definitely my lane. I love Air Maxes. Air Maxes and Vapor Maxes and things of that nature. Right now, I got a pair of Weatherspoons that I rock a lot, and um, I got a pair of like Vapor Maxes that I'm, I'm like wear on the daily too, and like 720s. I mean, 270s. Um, yeah. What do you think about the 720s? Uh, it's a funky looking shoe, but you know. I'm pretty sure it feels great though. It yeah. looks like like you're walking on clouds, like the like the two seventy, but seven twenty the design. I'm just not I'm not into it yet. Yeah, I I think um like I like the the seven twenty. Well, the, the only colorway I like with the seven twenties are the sunrise joints that came out. Yeah, I saw those a couple of days ago. Those are dope. Yeah, and um the two seventies are dope, but uh. I was about to say the I, I like some of the older technology like, i love air max ones those are like my favorites like hands down like some you the can ones. be a couple of classic colorways on those i'm straight and my favorite pair of sneakers that i own actually are the safari pack air max ones the atmos uh yeah, joint. yeah i got a, i got the uh i get the air max one in those yeah yeah so I've had, you know, I've actually had a pair of the Vapor Max, and I actually popped my bubble running in those. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> I called that Nike up, and they're like, um, "Well, if you can send us a picture and uh, give us the, if you give us, if you have the original receipt, I guess they will replace it for me." But I was like, "That's eh, whatever." I didn't bother go through all that whole process, but I was kind of bummed out because they're super comfortable to run. I would have been too, man. You were running, and you and you popped bubble, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I was running. All of a sudden, I, I heard something, and then next thing you know, like I'm. As That's I'm running, crazy. I'm feeling like I'm limping. I'm like, why am I like dropping to the ground like that? And I looked down, and the back bubbles literally just popped. So I was like, damn. Um, it's tragic. That's, that's real life right there. Man. <laughs> oh, yeah. man. That's hard living right there. <laughs> For real, man.
and it's like if you're not around or you don't have another pair of shoes <laughs> bro I was, the whole I, was, way home. I was two miles away from the crib bro i had to literally walk limping home bro oh, that's <laughs> that is crazy oh, literally blowing the tire so yeah that's yeah pretty much pretty much yeah I and mean, what do you think about this like uh it's real quick about sneakers again the uh like jays i mean i like jays like you mentioned the ones are your favorites but i feel like they've been uh i think it's getting out of hand with all these different colorways man you got all these different colorways coming out it's kind of flooding the market where it kind of takes away the value for me as far as like being able to have something I, for me if i go for jays i'm going for the ogs but yeah like at this point now like that's another thing like my rules are is there's no court. There's no country for Jordan mids. They gotta be hot. <laughs> Say that again for the people in the back. They can't hear you. Oh, there's man. no country for Jordan mids, man. Like it's, <laughs> it's not a Jordan high, man. Just don't even mess with it. I don't care what type of colorway it is. I don't care <laughs> colorway or anything. Like mids are just not it. Like they just do not fit right on the jean. Man. <laughs> they don't. Or look good with the short. So. Like if, it, if it's not high, even lows are like, if like spec like it's skeptical, man. So right, you can probably do a low like depending on how like the colorway, probably like a shadow or something like that. But nah, just straight highs, man. Um, the colorways, not only OG colorways. Um, there were a couple of colorways that came out that were cool, but. If it's not an OG, then no. I bought a pair of, what was it? They came out with those human highlight film highs yeah. like, and all colors. It's one of them joints I just regret buying. Right? <laughs> I, I my father or something like that. <laughs> I but, think we all have that one pair that we regret oh, yeah. buying. Absolutely, know? man. Right. So, I mean, if like the, the LA Laker colorways and stuff like that, that's cool because. It's just one of those things where there's just a nice colorway to have. But if it gets, like, out of hand, then, yeah, nah. I don't do a lot of all the other threes that come out, or the fours, where I just saw the day that they actually come out with Flying It. Flying It, yeah. Just about, yeah, they got flying some Flying It flying it fours, I think, or, right? The, the fours, right? Wow. actually look cool just because of the actual colors. So, you know. Yeah, they got, like, a okay. green and a blue, a red. Yeah. So, you know, that monochrome light look to it. So it's just like, if you can go with a solid color shoe, like like that, then, and they probably look, they feel great. So yeah, I wouldn't mind that at all. Yeah. That would be like a hybrid that I would, you know, be cool with. Even like the Proto, um, the joints they just came out with, with the, I guess it's like a, a bag over the one. Oh, yeah, yeah. So Knife had, had those on last night. I'm like, all right, I can do those. <laughs> Actually been a Jordan. Like, well, that should have been a 2019 Jordan to us. Right. That should have just been labeled 2019 Jordan. But the, the mid to those are not, like, cool. Like, it has to be the high of those. Like, if it's just, like, if it's a one or anything resembling a one in the shoe, it has to be a high. Yeah. Like it's just one of those things where it just looks better with that that action. <laughs> yeah, the jean yeah. gotta sit right on top of them, man. I've always said about Jays, man. Jeans definitely gotta sit right on top of them. Yeah. So, but me personally, man, I've kinda switched off from Jays, man. I've been on my casual tip. As I get older, I'm starting to realize comfort is more important. <laughs> True. <laughs> man, as old as as a as a thirty, twenty year like a shit. 
mid thirties, late four, mm-hmm. like late thirties, forties going in, man. Like our feet are like important. <laughs> <So> <laughs> you real. start to recognize that, man. So yeah, yeah. I'm, like, I got a couple of J's that I rock, like like ones and stuff, and you know, or the classic ones. As far as like buying new ones, the only ones I'll buy are the OG like ones that like need to be replaced. Right. Other than that, now I'm an Air Max and you know Vapor Max and um, Pumas or anything like that, man. Yeah, it's just man. It's light Pumas, on the feet. Man. Yeah, yeah, it's light on the feet, man. So real quick, like so, you know, with you being so heavily involved in crafting hip hop music and you know rap music and stuff like that. Like, what do you, honestly, how do you feel about the state of the culture and where it's at right now as far as, like, hip-hop goes? Like, how do you personally feel about it? Because I know there's a lot of times where you probably got to, you know, switch off how you personally feel about it because, you know, you're working with so many different artists and so many different walks of life. But as far as you being more so, you know, into the soulful side of things, how do you feel about where hip-hop is right now? Uh, To me, man, or for us, like, it's just, like we always say, it's a balance. You gotta have a balance. Like it's just depending on what you consume more of. So you gotta watch your, you know, watch your actual diet. Like, right? Like all, man. Like I mean, at some point, we always, you know, we we can't be soul kids all the time, man. Like we gotta break loose and like, you know, there's another stuff. Some of the stuff we jam, and some of the stuff, as we know, you know. We do, we do not care to or it just doesn't hit us as like the younger generation does but we all have been to that point man like our parents listen to jazz and then when rap came along they didn't they didn't fuck with it so it's just one of those things where it's a balance it's, it's also a a circle like you know the 20 interval circle so you know everything always comes back around um but yeah, man, I listen to all of it. I mean, at one point, I was making those type of beats, like, just to, you know, around the crunk era, because I was doing a lot of, like, trying to get placements for, like, TV or video games and stuff like that. And at that time, that's what they were calling for. Right. So, you know, I was well-versed in, like, you know, rapid hi-hat beats and stuff like that. But it's just one of those things where you do to kind of, like, tune yourself of, like, saying, like, okay, I can do this too. It's not my thing, but if I needed to for like a, you know, a placement, then cool. Like at the, at some point, like I, I actually like like submitted joints for like Jeezy and stuff like that, but it was more based off the soulful stuff that he did. Right. So it would be chopping samples and stuff, but with you know eight oh eights as the drums or something like that. So. Okay. Uh, so I think it's just all a balance, man. Like I don't knock what they're doing. Um, I just ask them to respect it and protect it like anything else, like, you know, like we do. But as far as, like, you know, what I think about the state of the culture, uh, culture's going to be what it is, man. Like, we just got to, you know, at, at some point in time, like, they'll come around. I mean, they always do. So, All right. I, mean, I spoke to, like, Lil Yachty the other day via DM, like, surprisingly. And he likes SLD Quiet Storm. He's like, man, that's like I play a lot. He's like, man, I joined this hard. I'm like, wow, wow. Okay. yeah, <laughs> appreciate you, man. So like, like I said, man, what they do is you know is what they do. But as far as what they listen to, be surprised. And they giving yeah. up. That's no 
you know, them cats know music. Them cats know the real. It's yeah. just, you know, they know what it, sells. It, like that's that's what sells. They they under contract and stuff yeah. like that. So it's just one of those they they have a diet to consume as well. Like you know, that's what it is. We yeah. all just got to you know, see what's best for us and you know what lane. If you're doing it for money, then cool. But if you're doing it for the love, then that's also cool. But you, I just say you just respect your elders and you know respect the craft and you know if that's what you're gonna do, be the best at what you do. So that's gonna bring me to my next question. So what do you feel about the guys that don't pay homage to the elders and don't pay that respect to them, the ones that come before? Blatantly. I mean, what goes around comes around. <laughs> it's one of those things like if you disrespect the culture, man, you, you know, it has its way of you know, you know, working itself out where you know you either hang yourself or you know you come to the light. So it's, it's not what it's not. I think sometimes it's not in our place to kind of like be arguing with the kids a lot, man, because it's just like we look like bitter old get off my lawn. Right. But that's the thing where. You you know you give them you give them gems you give them jewels and stuff like that. Hopefully they take it. Hopefully I mean, but if they don't, like I said, man, the universe has a crazy way of like just panning things out. So yeah, you either, you, this game is hit, this game is not for feelings. And if you disrespect it, man, it's I mean you either gonna be here or you not. So. Right. I I feel like uh, as you mentioned, hip. I mean, hip hop is it's it's always evolving. You know, it's something that's always gonna change. And I feel. I, I, looking at the game now, I feel like it's starting to kind of make that turnaround where it's starting to get back to its roots as far as like the lyrical content. You look at artists now, like the latest one, uh, Two Chains. Now I'm not the biggest Two Chains fan. I'll be lying if I told you I was, but this last album was dope. Like, and he said it himself. Like, and nowadays a lot of the artists are realizing that the lyrical side of it is really starting to make its way back into the fold. Um, and I remember just reading just the other day. I think it was uh, Offset that said the same thing. Yeah, you know, said it a genius. He was like, he's like, man, it's, it's but so much time that I can rap about jewelry and right. cars and women. You know, I I real I really live life every day. You know, maybe I should start putting that to my music. He said that. So yeah, so I mean, it's definitely starting to make its way back around to what we all grew to love. You know, so it's exciting in that sense, especially when you have a lot of the younger artists coming up that are starting to align themselves with that kind of content you know yeah because recently j cole been really kind of like reaching out to the younger generation he's gonna be executive producing like, uh thugger's album I yeah heard, he's so. like mentoring them in a sense so yeah it's, it's good to see that he wasn't the type of person to like you know reach out like that so like man, yeah man after a while you see it you see it for what it is and it's like the separation at some point separation just has to stop so we're better, you know, united than separated. So. Always, man. Right. Always. Same, man. It's a better effort. It's a better front, you know, when we're united and we have just bring everybody together. But, um, nah, man. Like, honestly, where I'm at with it is I'm not 100% biased when it comes to the new era of music and the new style of rap. You know, cause I know I know it's got to change, you know, at some point in time. Right. You know, I'm not completely 100%. I think just for me, it's just when it comes to radio play, you hear too much of the same song over and over and over. So I think I'll, that's where it just kills me. I don't listen to the radio at all. <laughs> yeah. I try not to. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think any of us really listen to the radio. <laughs> I will go out of my way to not listen to the I would put on an old CD I have before I even listen to the radio. That's how I am. To be truly honest, man, like, if I'm not <clears throat> in the car, like... I'm a podcast person, man. I'm a podcast and like 
like ESPN radio person in my car, man. Like I rarely listen to music unless like I'll listen to all my podcasts before I um before I even jump into it. So what's what's one of your favorite podcasts, if you don't mind me asking? I listen to Joe Button Podcasts all the time, man. That's just a, a, a daily joint that I listen to. Um I listen to the Evening Jones, the Monty Jones joint. That's another one I listen to a lot. Okay. Um, so those are the two main ones that I um, that I might go to. So. Nice. I actually played my joint, um, the Smith and Wesson joint, on uh, Joe Bun podcast last week. Yeah, I peeped that. They did. Yeah. Dang man, I didn't see that episode, man. I'm I'm heavy on the Joe Button podcast, but that's dope though, man. Like I said, you you put in work on that project, man. That was an amazing project, if I must say so. Randomly driving home and. And I was park sleeping for the day. I was like, man, that's wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> good music. It, it touches the people. Right. Man. Good music. It's always going to be good music, regardless of who it comes from. As long as it's good, that's all that matters, man. So, yeah. What's, what's, if, can you describe like what that feeling was when you first heard, for example, like that you just mentioned at the Talib Quali, that was your first actual like big placement. What was that like when you first heard it or when you saw it like printed on the, on the album, like, what was your reaction to that? Like, how did one? I couldn't believe it because it's like, man, I remember listening to Reflections and Terror don't go on the football practice, like in high school. So it was one of those things where seeing my name on a, in the credits of the Talib Kweli album was just mind blowing. Yeah, uh, and then you know, at that time, social media wasn't big, so right, like it wasn't like I could post like on Instagram like <laughs> like that it was really just like word of mouth like right or I mean camera phones wasn't really all that big like mess like media messaging so right oh yeah MySpace I think that's yeah. like the extent of it space so it was it was that was the only thing that we had to post like hey right. this is this is my first placement and this this is like unreal to me so so that was I was crazy man it's I, um, I met him, I think it was the year before he came down to North Carolina to do a show. And my manager at the time was, you know, I guess driving him around. And, but he was kind of like hustling, like, you know, we're going to get beats to Tyler Quality. So he did the show, <laughs> you know, drove him to his hotel, stuff like that, picked him up, took him to the airport. But before he took him to the airport, we picked him up and we was going to go by the studio and I was going to play beats for him. So. We um we picked us up and this was actually on my birthday. So we picked him up and we were about to take us to the um to the airport. He came downstairs in the lobby, he was like, What's up? It's like, man, E. Jones, you know, good to meet you. He came out with a bottle of Hennessy. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's your birthday. I'm like, Yeah, man, it's my birthday. He's like, Man, happy birthday. I'm like, Wow, okay. <laughs> oh, man. It's just like so um, I went and played him like a couple of joints. He actually picked one that I don't think he ever used. And then um, the joint, like actually finding out that he used it, I think I was getting out of class at Central one time. Damn. They sent, like, they sent the, they emailed me the, the rough of it. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. <laughs> Just like sitting in the car listening to the rough rap and it was it was crazy because I had to download the mp3 and then find us a blank cd and 
Turner. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, man. So, that was just wild. Yeah. That was a wild. That must have been an incredible feeling, man. Just knowing that Tyler Quiley, a legend. Right. Especially, yeah, and you shows. mentioned, like, yeah, that's one of my favorites, man. Like, Reflection Eternal, as you mentioned, is one of my favorite albums, for sure, hands down. Him and High Tech. Legendary MC, man. Legendary, man. If you don't mind me asking, too, as well, um, who's are, like who's some of your favorite artists to work with outside of the Jamla camp? Like, you know, who who who's like your top maybe three or four artists that you like working with? Um, uh, working with Banner was dope. He's just a um, favorite Banner was a dope. So uh, that's like my mentor now, man. It's like my it's like another person that like just. Turning to my big brother, just like working with him, and then like just learning about just life from him. Man. So he's definitely one of my favorite people to work with. Um, let me see, man. Um, out of the gym, kid. Uh, Amber from Moonchild was dope to work with. Uh, she works real fast too. Like right. you can see. And like she'll go to her corner and like put it together like very quickly. Um, and I know it's like one more person I can actually say. There's just so many. Um, Juliana's man working with working with Saha is dope. Um, nothing has been out yet, but like yeah. working with has been dope. Uh, we got some stuff in the works, uh, so yeah, working with Saha has been has been has been cool too. He works fast, so super slept on too, man. People yeah, very do not slept understand on. Understand how talented this man is as an MC, man, and just as a musician. Period, man. Like they don't understand. And Quali has been a big person, like a big good, cool person to work with as well. Like we got a lot of stuff that no one has heard too just like he was always the person in the industry like if I sent them beats he was just rapping with mm. he would rap on it or just send it to me right. so yeah, that's probably that like three or four college college joints I got laying around on the hard drive somewhere <laughs> <laughs> are there any artists uh, that you haven't worked that, worked with that you like, that you dream of working with one day or being able to get the opportunity to, to work with um Joe the R&B singer as oh. one of Main people nice. I didn't even. I wouldn't even think that would be someone. Okay. Yeah, that's like a bucket list for me. It's like working with Joe. Um, I tell everyone that. <laughs> <laughs> it's. Let me see. Um, oh, Anderson Pack. Um, I sent a couple of joints to him, or like when he even came to the studio, I played a couple of joints for him. So. I'm pretty sure it'd probably be like a matter of time where we actually do something, but he would be a dope person to work with. Yeah. He's a dude. Um, and then <clears throat> Jay, Jay Z is always like, you know, a bucket list to want to work with. Um, and yeah, those would be my picks at the moment. Yeah, those are good picks. Pretty well Absolutely. diverse picks, I must say too. Because yeah, Joe is definitely not someone anyway. I would have thought of that he would be on your list. <laughs> definitely, Joe's like my favorite R&B artist. Like, cause this is what I grew up around, and um, I grew up in that era. And Joe just always is one of those actual 
yeah, that was it for me. Right. When you're in the studio with these artists, is, do you have any uh, any sort of pre-planned, uh, like, is there a method that you prefer to have with the artists in the studio as far as, like, uh, like any pre, pre-production work that you usually set aside before the artists come in, or do you wait till they actually come in? Like, what's your method as far as, like, recording with the artists themselves? Um... Just trying to find stuff that they actually that you know that caters their sound. So you definitely do you know your homework of you know the type of stuff they work work with, but then also keeping your like integrating your sound into that. So, um, but as far as like a method, nah, man, you just just go in and just work. As as they say, man, open the door, let God in. Yeah, <laughs> facts. <laughs> Nah, that makes sense, man. I mean, sometimes it's, that's that's the best music that's created, you know. Um, me being an artist myself, you know, um, I find it easier just for me to pre-write everything and have everything already kind of in place and in order before I get to the studio. But a lot of times people will tell you, like, the best magic comes from that on-the-spot recording, you know, in the studio. So... Yeah. Is there... Uh, if, if you could, um, like, going back... If you could tell yourself, your younger self, something from when you started back, like in say '06 or '07, is there something looking back you would tell yourself that you would have done differently, or you know, any, you know, as far as like maybe from the business side of it all, because I know the business, music business itself could be pretty ruthless. So is there something that you would have told yourself that looking back you would have told yourself, hey, you know, watch out for this or that, or do something else a little bit differently? Um, I think they were all lessons learned, so I don't think I would have done anything differently. Um, probably just, you know, be mindful of contracts. <laughs> That's about it. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I've been under a lot of, like, um, like one or two, like, production contracts. So, like, just for, like, ghost production. Because, like, right. you're, like so I would just tell my, my younger self, your name is your name. And, like, really, you know, whatever you do, get the credit for it. So, right. That's yeah. about it. Everything else, like, but even that's like a lesson of just learning the business as it goes. So I'm good. It wasn't like nothing super big to where like it won a Grammy or something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> it's still a lesson of like you know getting your money and getting your recognition for the work that you did do. Right. You know, it's funny because I I didn't know that they had such thing as ghost production. That to be I'm, I'm, either. That's part of my ignorance. I did not even know that was something yeah. that existed. It's been going on for centuries, man. But it's just one of those things where, you know, at the time, it's I now it's to the point where you know, big name producers are are big on like giving like co-production or co-credit or just anything, um, any type of credit to you know people that help work on a joint. But back in the day, man, like it was one of those things where. We really didn't get that credit like that. It was, you know, big name producer. You know, I'm gonna you get the, I'm gonna bring you out, or you know, I'm gonna make sure people know about you type of situation. And you know, if you did a joint and they took it to you know whatever session they was going to, and it gets recorded on, and then now it's like you know, you go to the credits, they'll slide you some bread, but. As far as like the actual credit for it is like produced by such and such, just like my name ain't nowhere on these credits. Man. <laughs> but at that time, man, 
it was just dope to hear someone like on your joint. Right. Like, but as far as like actually getting the credit for it and actually, you know, be able to walk that into a room mm-hmm. like, hey, I produced this. Right. That's something that, you know, you gotta you gotta actually, you know, make sure that you have that actual that that leverage. Nowadays, man, it's like I just tell people I did it. Like, even if I didn't get the credit for it, it's like, yeah, man, I did that. And they can tell, like, just by the sound of it. Right. So. Is there anything you can tell us? Like, any any tracks that you have ghost production that you can uh, let us know of? Um, Mr. Magnificent, which was at the time uh, Small World that was under Ludacris. Mm. Uh, he he did a joint. Um, it was actually him and then Ludacris is on the actual hook. Um but at the time, I used to ghost produce, uh, ghost produce for a um, producer named K.O. I used to be, uh, used to do a lot of stuff for like Grand Hustle, so like with T.I. and stuff like that. Oh, okay. You know, why you want to jump for uh, T.I. Nice. That's a big record. Yeah. yeah. That's a big record, man. So it was a joint that I did for, um, it's another joint I did for T.I. that actually Lil Wayne is on called Done It Now. Um, it was on a mixtape. Like, it leaked when, um, I think at the time he was on Paper Trail. Okay. On Paper Trail, but at least. And they just ended up putting it all they uh, put on a mixtape. So. Yeah. But it's like you said, you know, it's it's dope that they hear these artists on your on your records for sure. But you know, you have to like you kinda know have to know your worth, you know. So definitely making sure you get the credit for that work definitely pays, you know, literally and figuratively. Yeah. So yeah, I mean also too, you don't have to go by in today's world, like man, the way things are set up, you don't have to go that route because, you know, you have these uh, websites, beatstars.com or stuff like that, or just even like the World Wide Web where you can make a SoundCloud page or make an IG page and make beats on like your IG page. And then, man, if it gets traction, then, man, they'll come to you. So, right. So, yeah, and that's that's a much like the way of actually looking for beats nowadays. It's like you don't have to go to a label or go to another like big name brand producer and like try to get your you know your beats like heard by other artists. Like you you can actually like touch these people like via like the web. Like and if it actually if it works out, if they like it, man, they'll hit you up. They'll like. Yeah, I asked you for it, so it's just one of those things, man. You just gotta be patient out of it and actually just put in the work. Absolutely. So what do you see yourself in like the next few years, like the next couple of years? Like where what do you where would you like to be as far as like your craft and your, you know, production and stuff like that? Well, I mean, the B tapes is definitely one thing I wanna keep going because it's just one of those things where um Grew up in that era of, or just like, or in this game of an era of um, the Dilla B tapes or, you know, the Mad Lib B tapes and stuff like that. That's why I formulate them the way I do, just like, you know, the interludes and stuff like that, because it's just one of those things where it's still needed to a point where, like, a lot of cats just don't make joints like that no more, like B tapes. Right, yeah. Just give you a whole bunch of joints and that be that. Nah, like formulated like an album, and that's just like you know one of those things where I want to keep doing. Um, and then also probably like group projects of um, with like you know a, cer- a certain artist. 
that's what I was yeah. going to ask you. Would you do like something like what Mad Lib did with Freddie Gibbs, like where you just have one particular artist and y'all just go in together and craft like a whole project? Oh, yeah, definitely. It's one of those things where you got to find an artist and then also, you know, schedule that time to, you know, to do it with them. Yeah. Uh, you know, some, like, you definitely want to be there, like, you know, and actually, you know, formulate it with them. You could just send someone beats and, you know, they do whatever, but nah. It's just one of those things you want to be there for, you know, the coaching and then yeah. also just the creativity, you know, of probably what y'all could do while you're in the studio. In the studio together, so. All right. Okay. I could probably hear some currency on your joints, so I'm just going to throw that out there real quick. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can hear some currency on your joints, man, for real. It's man. one of those things, man. They, I see, like, people always do that tonight, man. It's just like, um, yeah, man, you should do a joint with you. Know, it's like, man, oh, you got man. To- I'm guilty of that. I ain't going to sit here in front. <laughs> Uh, me and him, you should hear his man for real because <laughs> like when when Nas album came out i was like man look yep. kanye was cool but i need to hear him on some mic yep. man that's what i want that's exactly <laughs> what he said man it's just like man it ain't, it ain't me it's just it's the artist like all we can do is send folders or get in front of them and play these joints but if they select them and you know don't do nothing with them that's, that's on them right true, true. But yeah, man, there's been so many times where we just hear certain production. We like, man, we need this MC on here. We need this rapper <laughs> on here, man. Like, it's dope for what it is, you know, but we could definitely hear somebody else, man. And he definitely didn't say that, that Nas plug. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Yeah. So what's so what's then the works next for you? Uh, any you gonna be doing some more of the uh, dead stock and you have uh, what what else the Jamla's got coming that you can speak of? Um yeah, that's I mean from now. Uh, I'll just say that um, Victoria's joint is in the works. Um, she's definitely recording, and you know we're just definitely mixing everything up. So just, that should be on the way soon. And then um, that's our volume three. Uh, it's about seventy percent done. So that should be that should be out probably like I put it out last June, June twenty second last year. So. I'll probably put around, put it out right at the same time. Okay. Um, I'm trying to, I don't know, probably get some merch just for volume two. So um, I'm still trying to see if I get some vinyl um, done for volume two, just like for people to have. That's about it. And then um, just, you know, always up to, looking for people to work with so at the, at the time I could say that's you know the joints that we're working on at the moment okay wow well we definitely appreciate this time you took with us I know you like you mentioned you uh, fresh off the plane you didn't have to take the time to do that yeah. I do we humbly humbly are very pleased and thankful for you to take the time to talk to us today yeah man I appreciate y'all for you know wanting to actually do this so for me it's one of those things where if I got the time with it, man, I'll definitely do it. So I greatly appreciate y'all, definitely. Yeah, thank you. 100%, man. We definitely appreciate your time and, and just sitting with us and talking with us, man. Yeah, so good luck to everything in the future. We look forward to hearing some more stuff from you from the Jamla squad. And, yes, sir. Uh, Dead Stock 3. Looking forward <laughs> to that, too, man. For Facts. Real. All right, man. Well, again, thank you. And uh, we definitely hope to hear from you soon. If you want to plug in your uh, social media where everybody can find you. Yeah, you can find me at... Uh, on Instagram and on Twitter at uh, E Jones underscore music. Um, 
and those are just the main ones that I used at the, at the time. So yeah, same thing. Just uh, E Jones underscore Music on Instagram and on on, uh, on Twitter. Okay, thanks. And you can follow uh, myself at uh, Forte Culture at Forte Culture on Instagram and on Twitter. Yes. Uh, you can also find us on our website at ForteCultureMedia.com. You can follow Jay. You can follow me on all social medias at J-E-H Sinatra, like the singer. And, uh, yeah, just definitely check out the uh, website. All right. Well, thanks again for listening to us, folks. And you have a, uh, hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Thanks. Peace. Peace. Never took a hell, don't give a fuck what the score say. Yo, we'll be winning all year, that's the board say. Yeah, that's the board say. That's the board say. Yo, we'll be winning all year, that's the board say. Yeah, that's the board say. Check the board say. Yo, we'll be winning all year, that's that board say.